Thanks for tuning in to this edition of the Grand Allen Independent Podcast, The Real Night of the Twisters, sponsored by Teal Haas Tire. Teal Haas Tire is the home of the courtesy inspection, where they check your brakes, belts, hoses, fluids, tires, and more absolutely free. Teal Haas Tire, a tradition of trust since 1947. I'm your host, Josh Salmon. Today we start a six-part series about the real night of the Twisters. The night six to eight tornadoes touched down in Grand Island, Nebraska, and not only destroyed a good large portion of the town, but also took five lives. Those who lived in Grand Island during that time will never forget that night. The Independence Robert Poor visited with Mike Moritz of the National Weather Service in Hastings about the famous night 41 years ago, June 3rd, 1980. Moritz was a child at the time, living in Aurora, and although they didn't have any tornadoes in his area, he remembers the storm that came with it and heading to the basement when the sirens rang. Since that night, Moritz has been fascinated with weather. He spent much of his time over his 28 years as a meteorologist studying that historic night. Mike, do you remember where you were June 3rd, 1980? I do remember where I was. I was in Aurora, and I was in my basement most of the night. I probably like a lot of young kids at that time. I remember my dad uh, sticking his head outside the back door, trying to figure out what was going on, trying to hear the tornado sirens, things like that. And, you know, in Aurora, we, we didn't get a tornado, but we did get the downstream effects of the event, which was a lot of heavy rain. I remember some um, quarter size, maybe one inch diameter type hail and some flooding throughout uh, the Aurora area and generally in Hamilton County. So I, like a lot of other people, was just trying to stay away from the storm. This must have been one of those events that got you interested as a kid in weather. Yeah, it was. You know, like I said, my initial interest in weather was snow. And something about snow was just how it formed and, and you know, how it could come and go and blow. And, and just, just something about snow, I think, as a kid is, is a lot of fun. But this is probably the event from a severe weather standpoint that I most remember as a kid. I mean... I'm sure there were plenty of other tornadoes or flash flooding events or high wind events, but yeah, this one, this one really sticks out to me uh, as, as a kid and, and probably piqued more of an interest as I got older uh, in severe weather. What, what actually happened on June 3rd, 1980 in this area, especially in Grand Island? I, I would imagine that June 3rd was, was probably like any other June 3rd. It was, it was sunny and it was warm and it was humid. Uh, but what actually happened was a huge supercell developed, kind of a lone wolf in the area um, northwest of Grand Island, actually up around the Howard County line or in that, that general vicinity. And so in that sense, it probably wasn't any different than any other day. We have thunderstorms in June. It's, it's kind of our peak severe weather time. But this was the only game in town, really, in the region. And that storm just sort of took over uh, northern Hall County, northeastern Hall County, and then adjacent sections uh, downstream from there. And so eventually, uh, after 8.30, 8.45, uh, tornadoes started coming down, and they started impacting the city of Grand Island throughout the city from north, uh, northwest to southeast. So that lasted for over two hours, uh, which was just to, you know, as we already know, a, a lot of damage and a really devastating event. But I already mentioned that, you know, downstream, we, we got different effects from it. We've got heavy rain and flooding 
Um, throughout the night, we had over six inches of rain in Hamilton County, and that causes problems, and we had hail and wind. So in one sense, it was probably a, a fairly normal June night. In another sense, uh, it was it was nothing but normal. Yeah, the, uh, the, the day started out with only a 20% chance of thunderstorms <laughs> that evening. Uh, what happened to, to make that uh, kind of a, uh, well, in your words, a bad forecast? <laughs> well, I don't know if it was a bad forecast. I, I think maybe it was a typical forecast, right? We've, we've all heard that, 20% chance for thunderstorms. I mean, and we sort of, uh, you know, hedge our bets about what we're going to do, right? We, we said, well, that's a 20% chance, and uh, that's probably not going to rain really. So I'm just going to kind of do my, do my thing as opposed to maybe an 80% chance, right? So uh, in that sense, it was probably a typical forecast. Um, when it comes to forecasting, you know, 2020 is, 2020 hindsight is is the best, right? We can always look back and say, well, why, why did that happen? You know, here's what happened. Why did that happen? And actually, when you kind of look back at June 3rd, with the hindsight of not only a, a, a few... Uh, years or a few days, you've got 40 years to look back at it, you see a lot of the same ingredients that we have today. We had a tremendous amount of instability, and we talk about that when we talk about thunderstorm development. It was there. Uh, we had just the right wind shear. We talk about that when we think of supercell thunderstorms. It was there. And the last thing we had was we had a very uh, focused area of lift in the area. We had a, actually had a warm front that had pushed north into southern Nebraska, and, and that provides the impetus for the thunderstorm to really get going. Um, when you have those things, you know anything is really possible, but even today as a forecaster, you can't be 100% sure that certain things will happen at certain times. So, uh, like I said, I don't know that it was a, is a terrible forecast, because if you look at the same forecast was issued for Hastings and for Kearney and for southwestern Hall County, and there was almost you know, no precipitation there, no thunderstorm there. So it wasn't necessarily a bad forecast there. It was just, unfortunately, a bad result uh, in Grand Island proper. But there are some lessons to learn. I mean, technology has improved dramatically over the last 40 years when it comes to weather forecasting. But still, this is an example how something that looks benign early can turn into something deadly later. Weather can't be 100% forecasted because there's so many variables. Oh, absolutely. And I, I, I hope that, I believe that, you know, people in our region and in the Central Plains and Nebraska, you know, they are highly weather in tune and they understand the extremes that we have here. But you're exactly right. And I, I mentioned that, you know, we know that certain things uh, could happen, but we don't necessarily know that they will happen. And so we need to be uh, available. We need to allow ourselves to evolve as the weather evolves. Uh, what might seem like a fairly benign situation impacting our daily lives as we go about our business might turn into a much more serious situation pretty quickly. And that's, uh, I think, kind of the way I looked at Grand Island or way I look at Grand Island is initially it was a storm off in the distance, a slow mover, 
as it moved to drift into the southeast, and it wasn't necessarily going to be that big of an issue. But uh, by the time it reaches Northern Hall County and Grand Island, um, and it doesn't go anywhere, it becomes it becomes the most significant event uh, to affect the area, probably uh, in recorded history. That's right. And uh, that's a good uh, uh, lesson for people to still remember. Don't take any forecasts for granted. Always be alert. Absolutely, absolutely. We are getting better. You know, we, I, I think that we do have a better handle on when uh, more significant uh, severe weather events will happen. We have timing down pretty well. We even have a, a pretty good idea of how an event will evolve. But even though the parameters were there for this event, it was a little bit more of a subtle event. And those events are still very difficult for us to get a, get a really solid handle on even in today's with today's forecasting technology. Coming back, Mike Moritz talks about the science of what happened and how rare it was when Real Night of the Twisters continues. When it's time to hit the road, the last thing you need to worry about is your vehicle. At T.O. Haas Tire, we'll inspect your brakes, belts, hoses, fluid, suspension, tires, and more. All done by a certified technician and all done absolutely free. And don't forget, we have a tire for every vehicle and every budget with optimum tire wear, fuel economy, and most importantly, driver safety. T.O. Haas Tire and Auto, a tradition of trust. Welcome back to the Grand Island Independent Podcast. For the break, independent reporter Robert Poor was talking to Mike Moritz of the National Weather Service in Hastings, a meteorologist for almost 30 years. Moritz dissects the science behind that unique and historic night on June 3rd, 1980, the real night of the Twisters. What happened on June 3rd? How unique is that from your perspective as a meteorologist? Well, and I think we got to go back in time, too, and think 40-some years ago, um, we didn't necessarily have the database of tornadoes we have today. So even putting it in that context makes Grand Island more unique. Um, you know, clearly there are some things we see today. It was a very slow-moving storm. It just uh, drifted southeast and really um, just sort of got stuck over the Grand Island area. That, that's a pretty darn unique type of storm for a supercell to do that. Probably the most... Uh, unique part of this uh, besides the total number of tornadoes, which we know that supercells um, have the opportunity or sometimes like to produce more than one tornado. And that's obviously what happened here. But of those seven tornadoes, uh, three of them rotated the opposite direction. So typically a tornado would, would rotate cyclonically. And uh, we had four of those, which we would expect. But we also had three anticyclonic tornadoes. And one of those in particular, um, which was the one that uh, hit the northern part of Grand Island and actually ended up in the uh, veterans home area, was actually a pretty strong anticyclonic tornado. So that was very unusual. There hadn't been much uh, documentation of not only anticyclonic tornadoes, but uh, damaging stronger anticyclonic tornadoes because typically they are a little bit weaker but this was a was a very unique event and i think those are some of the things that really really stand out the the, the slow moving nature the the localized damage and then this idea that we have um three out of the seven rotating the opposite direction and doing damage uh was pretty darn unique well talk about the damage uh Anyone who looks at photographs or pictures of 
South Locust and other parts of uh, Grand Island, that was a very, very damaging uh, 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 tornado. tornadoes. But the amazing thing, you look at only five people died because of, of, because of those uh, tornadoes. You look at a recent storm like down in Alabama, uh, there was still a lot of uh, there was a lot of damage down there and and death. What made this so unique in the sense that it only uh, uh, killed five people? Well, I think one thing that was probably helpful in that sense was that it was a slow mover. Um, the storms recently in Alabama were fast moving. Uh, supercell storms with there was very good warning on them, but they were they were fast moving events that uh, could could catch someone who was not uh, watching the weather close uh, off guard. In this case, the Grand Island supercell was was a slow mover. Uh, if you were out that evening, you could probably see it. You would see it coming at you uh, from the northwest, so you'd have some sense that hey, the weather was changing, and uh, this this is going to influence my my evening here and maybe I need to adjust things. Um, I, I also think that when you think about the time, just a society, it's not that we weren't doing anything 40 years ago because we had baseball games and other things outside and people were doing their thing, but we were probably a little less mobile society 40 years ago. So maybe not as many people were out and about. Uh, also just less people lived in the general area. Um, that could have been been uh, possibly a, a play, and because they're giving us an idea of, of only five people have passed away. Um, also, I think uh, there was a strong local media presence uh, on TV, on the radio. That once these storms developed, that information was getting out, and people were going to those sources as long as they could. Uh, when they had power and they were they were watching these things to get more information as they could, even though it was it was probably really very sketchy uh, information. And I, I think uh, also at that time, there was a uh, heavier reliance on outdoor warning devices. Uh, as I grew up, we would have called them tornado sirens. Mm -hmm. And so uh, people were looking for information from the sounding of those sirens. And I think, all of those things come into play uh, when you when you talk about getting weather information, getting warning information, and and probably just adding it up the the resilience and the preparedness of the community of Grand Island and Hall County uh, brings all that together and, and probably played a key role in keeping fatalities on the low side, along with the warning information as well. Mike, thanks a lot for spending your time with us. Thanks for having me, Robert. I really enjoyed it. Thank you very much. That wraps up this episode of the Real Night of the Twisters podcast, episode one, and from the Grand Island Independent. On our next episode, our very own Brandon Summers will visit with people who remember the aftermath and the lives that were lost on that fateful summer night. Join us next time for the Grand Island Independent's podcast series, The Real Night of the Twisters, sponsored by Teal Haas Tire. Teal Haas Tire is the home of the courtesy inspection where they check your brakes, belts, hoses, fluids, tires, and more absolutely free. Teal Haas Tire, a tradition of trust since 1947. We would like to thank Mike Moritz of the National Weather Service in Hastings, Robert Poor of the Grand Island Independent, written, narrated, and produced by Josh Salmon. This has been a production of the Grand Island Independent, copyright 2021. Until next time, we'll see you.